We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, my friends. It's about 1.10 in the morning Central Time on Wednesday, uh, November 24th. You're joining us for group therapy. I'm having a great time, uh, mainly because the Mavericks won, and it, I don't have to work tomorrow, and I don't have to parent tomorrow. We're just a really we're in a healthy, healthy place. Um, what that game was really a uh, a roller coaster of emotions. A terrible first half. Forty two points. Offense looking busted. Threes weren't going down. Defense being bleh. Third quarter followed by. Uh, 38 points alone uh, where the offense started to click and the Mavericks took full control, followed by a fourth quarter where the Mavericks continued to hold control only to do the very Maverick thing we've all become accustomed to during our tenure as fans for the Mavericks to lose a 10-point lead in a matter of minutes, followed by an unbelievable uh, Paul George corner three to send the game to overtime. Last gasp from the Clippers, the Mavericks held them to a single point uh, where the the Mavericks' team really kicked the crap out of the Clippers, and it was over. Um, really, really great game from from Kristaps Porzingis. One of his more um, – one of my favorite, I think, performances from him overall, doing a lot of things which I feel are, are at least pretty sustainable to how, the, to how you know, the Mavericks want to play now. Lots of rim attacks um, kind of ca- capped off by the hilarious bobble uh, from Dorian Finney-Smith to a like you know hot potato pass towards a, a which resulted in a Porzingis Eurostep dunk, which was just just really really fun to watch. Um, you know the the only real downer on the night is Jalen Brunson is out with a foot injury. You know don't love any sort of injuries that have to deal with feet. 
Uh, and so, yeah, we're here. Let's hang out. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's have a good time. Um, tell me what y'all are thinking and we will, uh, we'll keep, keep going with, uh, with the positive thoughts. So again, I'm going to bring people on. Remember, um, unmute yourself when you come up on stage because it auto mutes you. I'm going to try to bring people on whose name I don't recognize as much first, but we got a few entrants to start. Let's go ahead and kick things off with Christian. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Kirk. How you doing? I am okay. Looking at my mentions, they're a tire fire. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm interested. How how is it so? How is it a tire fire right now after it's. Yeah, you know, a little bit of both. I mean, the fun part about having five-figure followers is you get people who love to, like, hey, do you remember when you said the dumb thing? And it's like, yeah, I live-tweet games. Like, I'm screaming at a sports bar. People need to get over it. Um, and then a healthy mix of, of you know, fun stuff because, you know, KP was really good tonight, and I tried to emphasize that. I really love when he's cutting to the basket. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it it's funny that, you know, obviously as fans we're going to, criticize things that you know are rightful to uh or right to criticize and obviously any statement can come back to bite you but um could imagine what that uh looks like but you know obviously happy we got the win um kp i mean now for i don't know how many games um basically for the since the time he's returned from this latest injury is, you know, the cutting, the, the mobility, the defense, um, just kind of everything has been great. And to no surprise, the offense is much better when he's the lone big on the floor. Mm. But, uh, you know, really from, I just, I cannot like, I I really am trying to figure out how to word this outside of just I can't watch Willie Cauley sign. Right? <laughs> I love I love that it like like we finally we finally like like cape for Dwight to be out of the starting lineup only for them to go to Willie and it's just it felt you know very much like I've been having to watch these like Scooby Doo cartoons with my son and it's like they pull the mask off and it's like just a different kind of villain. It really made me laugh. But you know he did do some interesting things tonight, Willie. I mean, um, every time he touches the basketball, it's like a slot machine of chaos. But he did do the occasional interesting thing. Yeah, I. I mean, there was just so many. I mean, he does it every game, just like the goofiest, most ridiculous things. And it's funny because, you know, sometimes my girlfriend will watch a game with me and, you know, she's a casual fan. She knows the players and stuff, or at least the majority of them. And uh, I think, what did he do? I think it was one of the, the, turnovers he had either which way I can't remember the exact part but she goes um like why is this guy in the game and I remember uh another time when he did the uh like he tried to do this like layup and she's like he seems tall like why didn't he just you know go up and dunk it and I think it was just funny to kind of illustrate what a lot of us have felt um but I, I was actually surprised, too, because it seems Dwight actually played pretty decent as of late. 
Um, I don't know if kids spoke on it after uh, what the kind of thought process was behind the move. Did you hear anything about that or see anything by chance? No, I tend to not listen to post game stuff until the next day because I don't want to be. I would rather talk to you guys in a hurry. Yeah, definitely surprised. I mean, the thing is, I I think I mean between missing Frank and Reggie and Jalen going out, mm-hmm. I mean we we lost basically all of our depth. And to pull out this wind, especially the way that, uh, you know, obviously the last second of the game went and being up 10 with just over a minute left, uh, it felt very doom and gloom. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing, obviously we're missing shots uh, in the first half. I think we made one three. I believe yeah. Oh, it was horrendous, just horrendous shooting. So you felt that at a certain point, even if it swung for a little bit, that it would be okay in the Mavs' favor. I mean, the flip side was uh, Paul George hadn't really played that good of an offensive game, and I, I was wondering, like, sort of which thing would break first, and the Mavericks' three shooting, you know, managed to be the the, the difference maker in that third quarter. Yeah, and you know, the one thing I like Luca playing the Clippers. I, I like they need to let some emotion in the game. I mean, they're really making this like the NFL, like it's getting a bit ridiculous. Uh, but he really doesn't like these guys. Like I like legitimately does not like them. Um, and so it's always fun to kind of see that. And I think just my biggest takeaway is if, you know, the we get that positive regression to the mean on our shots and get things to start falling from the role players. Uh, and if KP can stay like this, I'm really, really uh, excited on what the outlook of this season can be, you know, obviously beyond the regular season. Um, but the ceiling, you know, obviously if Luca and KP are playing like this and, you know, the ball's moving, those kind of things, I'm excited uh, to see how that can shape up and hopefully uh Jalen can get back uh relatively soon. I mean that looked pretty mm-hmm. bad. I mean that's a you know he's just so guy. important. He's just so important. So yeah, we gotta be hoping for the best for him. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited. You know, I, I really think that uh this is the best this team and kind of obviously just KP and Luca, I think that just matters so much. Uh, but I'm excited for the outlook. I'm, you know, going to stop talking. Appreciate it as always having me up. Uh, and you have a good night. Sure thing, buddy. Thanks for coming up. Um, yeah, I, I've been the last two days and, you know, people just, I really desperately wish the people understood, like my tweets are not, I guess it's easy to read my tweets in like the worst form, like in game stuff. I'm just me yelling, but like me thinking after the fact, like I didn't really like KP's quotes in that, in about to the first Clippers game about how good he's playing. I don't like it. I want to hear how he's pissed that they're losing. And he he's wasn't, but you know, fact of the matter is he came out and performed really well again. And he has to be given a ton of credit for that because stringing together consistent performances, even if you go back to, um, the March and February 2020, he was not playing on the second end of back-to-backs. He was missing like every fourth game. 
And he's played consistent basketball now for eight straight games. Um, really, like the twenty point streak is kind of whatever. I, I I roll my eyes at that. I think the quality of his play is really is really up there. I don't want to project forward because I think it's a little dangerous. He doesn't have a healthy track record. Literal history says he will miss fifteen more games. Like I, I don't know how to explain that without sounding like an asshole. But please understand, I'm not doing that because I want to shit on him. I'm just saying, seven foot three human being who runs like a gazelle is bound to miss some time due to the fact that his body isn't going to like how he's playing. It's just the fact. And and I, I hope I'm wrong, but it's just, that's the way it's going. So if they are able to keep notching these wins here and there, they're 10 and seven right now on the podcast. I repeatedly said 10 and eight, but I was looking at the Clippers record. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do because they just have to keep getting wins where they can. And this was nice after a three game losing streak. Okay. Coming up next, Simon, what's happening? Welcome to the pod. Hit that on me. Hey, hey, there we go. Doing? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, going well. Very tired, but uh, <laughs> are you up at six in the morning? Uh, no, it's six uh six p.m. here. Six p.m. Okay, sorry. I get my I get my time zones completely. You had the six right. That was, that was good. Um, and yeah, I definitely agree. Love uh that Pazingas is stringing together all these. Uh, he's looking so much better, so much more confident. I love his activity on defense. That's uh, as I think you guys have been saying. Just I think that's all I want from him at the moment. And then he's like shooting well and doing all the stuff. But um, yeah, I, I guess I come up, I came up here to just talk, not really so much about the game, but a, a couple of like, uh, do I need to get into it? But like some of the tweets, uh, like the, I think you retweeted about the Mark Cuban one, how he's saying how NBA Twitter just loves uh, like, uh, says a bunch of dumb shit. Uh, yeah, they're probably going to try and trade Luca now. No, we're not. Um, and uh, I guess the, the, the Brad Townsend one, um, we, we just want to see a bit of Moses. Is that so bad? Does he need to like patronize us by saying like, um, uh, Tyson Chandler has been working with him and, uh, you know, if the coaching staff, uh, would have, brought him in that like they would have done it by now like i get why he's trying to say it but i don't know i'm just i guess i'm also sick of willie collystein sure sure well so so so, and hit your mute button if you don't mind simon because it's picking up some feedback um if the mavericks were less patronizing i wouldn't have an audience so i'm okay with you know the traditional dallas media lecturing Cuban constantly talking about how smart they are. If all this stuff were accurate, then I wouldn't have much of a case to make. And I wouldn't have people listening to me at one in the morning on a, on a podcast that, that, you know, is, is about being real. Um, I, I think we as fans, me maybe in particular, are a little too lunatic sometimes, but I mean, it's in the, it's in the name. It's fanatic. Like I, I, I don't love some of this discussion. I wish Mark would would stop talking about Mavericks Twitter every third interview and start talking about how to make the team better. I don't entirely understand this sort of stuff, but I also don't. Th- I also think it's very niche in terms of people even listening to the podcast would would probably aren't even going to see this stuff, and that's okay. Um, I'm. It's good that they're winning. I. Uh, that's kind of what this comes down to, you know, like. 
it's a little bit frustrating every now and again when you see how some of the sausage is made and you know you know following the lines of kind of the things that have gone on in the last several years and you just want the best for the team and you want you want Luca to win you want to see Porzingis play well and that's kind of the you know your basis point some of these things can get very frustrating I lose my shit at it but I also understand that like the audience for this sort of stuff is very is very narrow. Most fans will wake up tomorrow morning and Google did the Mavs win sort of thing. Like most, a lot of people aren't staying up late and watching this game. It's really for the hardcore people, um, which is why, like you know, there's the 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 delightful lady who runs the Mavs social media is kind of getting dragged a little bit. I don't love it. Like she said something frustrated offhand because those accounts those accounts take real heat versus like me where I get you know things that I said in the middle of the game four years ago thrown at me. Like that's whatever. It's it's those accounts get DMs and tweets that are just all kinds of nasty. And that's where fan bases in general sometimes this is not a map specific thing. You know, it's just, sometimes everybody gets a little too pissy in the moment. But, you know, I think everybody should really be kind of reveling in a night like tonight because, you know, uh, they suffered through a Tim Hardaway 5 of 17 performance. Dorian Finney-Smith could not hit the broad side of a barn. Jalen Brunson's foot got ran over by a, a, a grizzly face semi, like, and they still won. So I'm feeling, I'm just, I'm feeling okay, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I thought we were going to get blown out by the first quarter, seeing everything go down. Um, uh, and I forgot what I was going to say after that, but uh, yeah, thanks for the thanks for the chat. No, I'm glad, um, I'm glad. I think I'm just tired myself, and I just read those tweets, and I was just like, "Oh, come on!" No, I, just I, I get it. I get it, and and you know, some I do this where it's like some people would much rather be right than be happy, yeah. <laughs> and I I lean into that sometimes, and it's not it's not for the best, and we all need yeah. to be better on social media. I think it's the lesson. We do, we do. No, thanks, buddy. Hope you join again. Mm-hmm. We'll do. Thanks, man. All right, that's great. All the way across the world, Jason. What's up, my friend? Oh my god, that game gave me a freaking heart attack. Yeah, I'm not able to sleep. This is bullshit. <laughs> we should have been asleep an hour ago. This is insane. But I feel like we haven't talked about Luca enough. He came off an injury. He was one rebound and one assist away from a triple double, and I think he played. Almost his best basketball of the really? season, maybe this or the Kings game. Walk me through this. Like, he, he looks so good in the second half. I thought he looked really good in two main stretches where he was just brutal. Like just, and I mean that in like a positive way, where he enforced his will on the Clippers. And then there was other parts of the game where, either due to what the rest of his teammates are doing or some of his decision-making, like, it eh, wasn't great. But I also feel, you know, he had a bone – he has a bone bruise in his knee. So I, I am overall very pleased. I just felt that – I felt KP carried the team in a way that Luka did KP not. KP 100% carried tonight. Just all the offensive rebounding. Some I think Mavs Draft had this on Twitter – KP's averaging four offensive rebounds in his last nine games. That's it's insane huge. to me. Four? Four? That's that's huge. That's so huge for this team. And, I mean, KP's been really great. Luke had a great game. And I'll give Dorian a little bit of credit here. I was face-palming super hard in the first half. It was so bad. I see, He could not hit anything. Like, his first free throw, he was super off on. It's just terrible, terrible. He's just in his head. But in that fourth quarter, he hit a couple threes. They just made the simple play, read and react. He's wide open. And he just 
made some clutch threes. So this team is going to go as far as Dorian Finney-Smith goes. I swear to God. It's been like I mean, he played three four, years. He played 49 minutes. He played, he played 49 minutes. And so I was, I, you know, I, I don't even know what to do when he shoots like he does, meaning poorly. Um, but he kept shooting, which I think is, is a testament to him in a, in a really, you know, Im, Im, impressive point because he was 0 for 6 and then he hit his next two. Um, and that sort of thing is, is kind of hard to understate just the, the, the self-confidence he has to take uh, a shot like that. So I was, I was really, I was really pleased to see him um, come up uh, on, on the plus side of things. And I still think he, he gets relied on a little too much um, and they put him in unfair positions, but you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? It's going to be like this for another couple of years, I feel, but it is what mm. it is. But I'll, one last thing here. I'll give Trey Burke and Sterling Brown a little bit of credit here. Sterling like, was good. These end of the they back bench guys, they've been kind of iffy, but I mean, they were per- perfectly serviceable tonight. And Trey Burke, we'll see how much he's pressing the service, but he looks okay, honestly. He doesn't look as bad as I thought he. Did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still. I mean, he's a he's a scorer. He's not a a a ball hand. Like he's not a distributor. And so if you're playing him in the scorer role, on there's just going to be nights where he looks good because he's good at scoring. So I don't know. I, I it was it was nice. We should be hyped though. I don't know. I this was insane. I can't believe we stayed up to one for this, guys. I mean, I'm just excited not to be on the East Coast anymore. It's be 2.30 <laughs> in the morning if I live there. But, yeah, this is good. All right. Everyone stay hyped. That's right. And bye, everyone. All right. Good night, Jason. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. Coming up next, we have Brad. Brad, how are we doing? Hit that unmute button. It's been a while since we've seen you up here. Oh, yeah. You there? Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, good, man. Yeah. I'm been uh haven't been on since but i'm out here in california now so it was wonderful went to the game oh awesome uh, yeah like, how was that experience there how was that it well, looked fun i'll tell you what so i took a job here out in la and my boss has like season tickets to the clippers and you know luckily like he gave them to me for the last two games uh that's fantastic not, yeah it was fantastic yeah it's wonderful um it's crazy there. Like I thought like sometimes like the Mavericks have bad home, like, you know, fans, uh, not even close to like what it was like there. I was like the only one standing up at the end of the game, like fourth quarter with like a minute left, literally someone tapped me from behind and asked me to sit down. And I was just like, uh, I'm not going to do that for you. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like I, I can't. Uh, and then, like, at the beginning of overtime, I was like, oh, man, this is rough. Paul George, oh, what a shot, right? I had to, had to congratulate people around me. I was like, wow, that was a great shot. And then yeah, like, everyone just sat, yeah, everyone just sat down again. Everyone was pumped. And I was like, oof, this might be tough to pull this out. And then, like, literally, like, after the tip and all that mess, like, yeah, everyone just sat down again. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, we're just content just sitting here and watching. I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen, honestly. Um, and and 
<sighs> and you know, it's of course, um, I think Jim was, was, uh, uh, Jim Andrews, who's in the chat there was, was sharing some post game quotes and Marcus Morris, uh, on the map says, you beat somebody enough. It leaves a bad taste in their mouth. Dot, dot, dot. We beat them all the time. Um, this well, is, <sighs> go ahead. My, my, oh no, I was going to say my proudest moment was. Um, when when Morris was shooting a free throw, I was sitting uh, like you know I, I don't know close enough to where people could like hear me yelling at the court, and he was shooting a free throw. It was quiet, and I just literally yelled, uh, "Nobody likes you," and he missed, and it was like maybe the happiest moment that he's ever had. That's outstanding. Yeah, it was like that really is- wonderful, and. At- I had to explain to my girlfriend, I was like, look, like, oh, no, no, everyone in Dallas hates this guy. Like, trust me, like, no one likes him, period. Just, it may be in the NBA, but that's a little much, but, like, no one in Dallas. I mean, nobody in the NBA is really, like, a Morris Brother fan. Like, the, the other Morris Brother has missed his, like, 10th game in the row from suffering whiplash for cheap shotting. Oh, I, know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Our man out in Denver. Uh, and then walking, yeah, like, no never cheap shot and walk away is my lesson. No, I know. Is, is like, what you know, he, he, I feel bad that he got hurt, but he still definitely cheap shotted Jokic and then walked away, mm. which is yeah. a choice. Because, like, anytime you try to hurt somebody, you might want to be looking for retaliation. Right. Yeah. Or at least, like, even like, you know, like LeBron, at least, like, try and fake the, like, oh, oh, my bad. Like, oh, I didn't mean to, like, get you like that. You know, like, you got to at least, like, play it to the crowd some. But uh, the point I wanted to make is after, like, watching the Mavericks play in person for the first time in a while uh, and seeing them play with Luca and without, like, obviously, like, duh, like, what a crazy difference. But, like, KP has been playing wonderful. It was really nice to see him play with Luca and be aggressive as he was. Like, he was, attack- he was attacking the, uh, attacking the re- like, boards. He was, like, just doing a lot of great things. Um, that I, you know, like last year, just weren't. I mean, you guys may have talked about this. So I'm, I'm kind of late to it, so you know, if I'm over, over talking, let me know. But it was just good to see him active. But also, like, it's so insane how much Luca changes the game on offense for everyone. Like the spacing was wildly different. Like trying to watch Brunson, which obviously, like, hopefully he's, you know, going to be coming back, but. Um, like this, like it was just crazy to watch the differences between these last two games and the shots that people had. Like Dorian, like you know, I feel like he started off a little rough, but like I swear to God, like he like just crushed it right when we needed it because he hit shots. He defended really, really well at the end. Like made plays having Maxi back, like these like little things that are great. But if you don't have Luca there, then honestly, like none of it matters. Like it's, it's just like, he makes this team obviously everything that it is. And it also shows like my frustration was like, why is Trey Burke still have to play? Uh, obviously because Brunson got hurt, but like even before Brunson went out, like Trey Burke is playing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they gotta they they can't you know you look at their minutes totals tonight and they're gonna have to find like ways to spare people certain amounts of time. 
Um, who was it? Yeah. It was uh, like Dorian had 50 minutes of playing time. <laughs> yeah, well, I texted my buddy. I was like, you know, obviously like real time. Like I was like in the fourth quarter, I was like, damn, Luca is like gassed. Like, you know, like there was like a stop and play. And he was like, oh, like I need a break. Like, you know, like, and so I, I mean, I get that we need that for people, but you know, it's, it would be nice to have, I don't know, other people that can come in and do something. Then honestly, I think it's just Trey Burke for me. I'm like, look, especially now if Brunson's going to be out for a little bit and like all of a sudden, like, which uh, of course, as with everyone else near the Kenya, I'm like, I'm a huge fan, but like, we're literally relying on Mila Kina, who was without a contract. Right. Basically about, basically about to play overseas. And then Trey Burke, who we gave, you know, maybe this is Donnie's like last saving grace to everybody <laughs> because like we need someone else that can, can like walk the ball up the floor when like, you know, like how are we in this spot to where like, imagine if we didn't honestly, like seriously, imagine if we didn't have Trey Burke, Frank's out and Jalen gets hurt. Who else is doing that? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that kind of goes to the deeper ball handling discussion from the offseason, though, where they seem to be sort of accepting of the fact that Brunson was going to be the guy. And then, you know, it, it seems that they, you know, I, I'm, I have no way of proving this, but I think they were out on Tyrell Terry before camp even started, uh, yeah, which I, is why he got sent away. Like the Frank thing was a done deal, but even as good, you know, as much as we've enjoyed Frank, I think it's not fair to ask him to be a ball handler. Uh, he's kind of a good, like chaotic defensive presence and occasional fun pick and roll guy, but like ball handling is just a premium in the NBA. Like, like Luca's time of possession has actually gone up this year. And so you would like to see right. them try to find some way to figure something out with someone else. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think Frank is, you're right, like, you can't ask him to come in and play, um, you know, 20 minutes a game and, like, actually, yeah. like, be, you know, he started shooting well and then he's, you know, regressed a little bit, like, recently. But, you know, like, you can't expect him to do too much, but he's got his points. But it's just, you know, it's frustrating that, okay, so now what? We have Luca that's hobbled, Brunson could be out. Frank's out, and then we have no one else to handle the ball. And also, like now, after seeing Josh Green shoot in real life for the first time, yep, I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think that's going to pan out. Um, no, nah, he didn't play tonight. Um, I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm out on him for good, but it's just at this point, it's going to be like, uh, you know, surprise appearance at like the season finale of a TV show. I just don't yeah, know what no, to. I mean. I've been a big fan. Like I try and be positive about it because he's got like some aspects to his game that are good. But like honestly, like just watch him at even halftime, just like shoot some corner threes. And like, mm, I don't, I'm not sure. Right. Anyway, I'll yeah. I'll, uh, I'll get out of here. But no, you're right. Thanks, Brad. Back. Hope you had fun. And, uh, oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, man, it's awesome game to go to. All right, we'll talk soon. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right, Carlo. You're coming up next. What do you got? You said you want to talk some lineup stuff. Hit that unmute button. There we go. Can you hear me? I can. You sound great. Very well. Then uh, let me first shout out uh, Dorian Finney-Smith's wife delivering a baby between the third and fourth quarter. 
because it's, it's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> Outstanding. And, and then uh, I've seen uh, from the start of the season and then now with Luca out, I've seen uh, a trend in the lineups in which when Branson plays with KP, he's very, very good offensively. Like, he's a game changer. Who, so, Porzingis or Branson? Uh, Branson with Porzingis on the floor. Okay. And then we kind of, when we had uh, both Luke and Branson, we kind of never played them together. We played very few minutes with them on the floor. So why can't we just play the lineups uh, with four shooter and Luca and uh, Branson and KP between the third, the second and third quarter? Luca can get everybody open shots and we see, we have seen it tonight, like this morning for me, but, uh, we, we played really well when they blitzed Luca. It was one of the best things from this game, I think, because we generated open free after open free in each possession. And then why don't we do this more often? Like the lineup with Kleber and free shooters in which this time there was KP. But you can put Frank out there instead of KP. Sure. I mean, I don't really know why they go away from kind of one big and then four shooters more often because with a lot of the makeup of the team, you know, sometimes I'm I, they might be a little worried that Brunson's too small on defense, but I just am, am sort of of the opinion that the makeup of this team, like they're playing really good defense. That shouldn't be understated, but I don't know if the team has enough of a defensive they're not going to be able to get away with it night in and night out to be able to play like good defense. Like a lot of times they're just going to need to outscore teams. And so I think they're still a little bit reluctant to go to that. I don't really have a good, uh, a good example for you as to why. Um, And I was, uh, it's, it's just very, it's, it's hard to predict um, because the, the Mavericks are really, we're going to get through, you know, traditionally 20 games is sort of where you, like, you start to see stats stabilize. And and I don't know if we're going to be able to make a good judgment call. Like, there are 17 games right now. And it's very, very odd. Um, they've had these injuries. They've had different lineups. They're playing different ways. You know, the first four games of the season were killing them because Luka doesn't have the ball. Then in the next, you know, 10 or 12 games, they, Luka's had the ball a ton. Um and then the offense was still ugly. Then Luka gets hurt. And, you know, then we've had three games of that. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, maybe, I, I, I don't, I, I think we're just going to be kind of frustrated until they make a bit of a lineup or, or lineup and or a roster change. So, which, you know, I do expect them to make at some point. And, uh, by the way, uh, about, uh, like, the Dwight Powell situation, I think that, uh, if Dwight Powell can play less than 20 minutes per game, he's actually good. Like, yeah. the, the version with uh, my idea of uh, for Shooter and Luca, you can play Powell as the vertical spacer. He's fine. Like, he works well with Luca. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Powell is doing good things, but when he has to play 30 minutes because yeah, uh, no, Lieber <laughs> is uh, is out. Like that. That's he, he's not a 30 minutes player in the NBA. Nobody, even yeah. if he get played, get paid like one. Yeah, it, they uh, they expect a little much out of their out of their bigs that aren't Porzingis, and I think that you know you 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 can get away with Maxi certain lineups, certain nights playing him thirty minutes a game. We're all in agreement that Powell probably is a fifteen minute a game guy, which makes the fact that they have like six centers on the lineup a little bit maddening because they, I don't think any of us and maybe even the Mavericks don't feel confident in more than your Porzingis and Maxi lineups. And I know a lot of us are clamoring that Willie Collestein gets sent to space on the next, you know, possible mission. And then, um, you know, everybody really wants to see Moses Brown. That's I don't know why. Personally, I don't think Moses Brown can play Buffalo, okay? I think we would like to see, like, as I said to Brad Townsend mid-game, like, I want to be mad at something new. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That's really what it comes to. But what if you are going to be madder? Right. The the, the little stints that Brown had, he has no idea how to play NBA. Yeah, no, he's wildly out of position all the time. He can't learn that in G League because... They don't move the ball like in the NBA. In the NBA. Right, and seven-foot-two guys. Athletic freaks, uh, mm-hmm. which can get back on defense even if he lost two steps. Yeah. And you, and can, you can't do that in the, in the NBA. Sorry. His size and athleticism will win out in, in, that, in, a, in a G League matchup. But in the NBA where everybody's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit more athletic, his being out of position a step or two is going to get a team killed. Um, I think he could learn it given enough time. You know, that's the, that's the sort of thing where it's like you have him under contract for two more years. Like he's going to – I think he gets a shot eventually. I just don't think it's going to be right now. Yeah, when Powell and um, Powell is injured and uh, Kulistein plays like shit, yeah. he will. Which he does, which he will. That's fair enough. Well, thank you, Carlo, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Have a great night uh, to everybody. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Have a good one. All right, Daniel, you've been waiting a while. How you doing, Daniel? Hey, can you hear me? Okay, I can. Awesome, um, man. I just want to address this Marcus Morris bullshit, dude. <laughs> Okay, Marcus Morris has said before, I'm not a dirty player. That was not true. Marcus Morris has said, we've always been the underdogs. That was also not true. Marcus Morris says, we beat the Mavs all the time. That is also not true. (laughs) Dog, dog. I get on Twitter every single game and call my own team dog shit when they're dog shit. I'll admit, okay? (laughs) We... This is just not true. We, I, I don't understand, bro. We beat them by 51 points last year. Have some respect for yourself, bro. Like, like it just blows my mind that he could say that because, okay, if, if, dog, if, if the Phoenix Suns want to say, Hey, we beat the Mavs all the time, go for it, bro. I, we haven't beat them since 2019. You can say that. That's fine. 
If you're the Sacramento Kings, I'll let you say it. Go for it, bro. Like, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to argue it. You guys do kind of own us this past couple seasons. But, bro, that it's just so such an off-base claim, and it just drives me crazy because he has such a tendency to just say things, you know, like just to say them to get a reaction. And it's working because, I mean, obviously I'm reacting, but mm. <laughs> it's just so annoying. Hey, I, I feel this because, like, I – I've been, I, I focused, you know, our, our wonderful owner who loves just saying things that make me insane, uh, made me think of this like photo about like gaslighting, like where it's like descriptions of gaslighting where someone says, you need help. You're so emotional. I never did that. You're the one who's lying. Why are you here? If you're, if you think I'm so terrible, like Marcus Morris is trying to gaslight us with his nonsense and I'm just not going to hear it. I don't want to hear it. He can go yeah. away. <laughs> that's such a good point yeah but yeah anyways other than that man um uh i enjoyed the win obviously it was a messy win but it's not mavs basketball if it's not unnecessarily dramatic so it was in fashion um but i as far as the j the jalen brunson injury goes i that's obviously a huge bummer but i'm really I would really, I know this is a, you know, long shot and total stretch, but it would be so cool to see, uh, like Carly Jones brought up and see a little bit of time, but, um, he's well, good, man. Yeah. He's I mean, good. He, he has promise, but I, I don't know if we're stretched thin enough for them to make that call, but it would be really cool. Yeah. Well, it's tough because they, they'd only have, they'd have to basically cut somebody. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen. And even in their two-way guys, I'm not sure what would be the deal there because of both their two-way guys, Eugene, um, and then what's the other one's name? Starts the Q. I can't remember. I'm tired. You'll, you'll I think it's Ja'Cory McLaughlin. Yeah, Ja'Cory. Yeah. Sorry. I knew there's a Q in there somewhere. Um, I, I, this is what I get for talking past one in the morning. Um, I, I think Carlick is, is just, he's just a kind of small guard that's small ish guard. That's going to make a dent at some point. I don't know if it's going to be, it probably won't be the Mavericks. It might not even be in the NBA, but it's just like when you look at what the Mavericks are kind of struggling with when it comes to ball handling, generally the guy like that is interesting. Now, Maybe it's a different beast, but I, I loved what I saw from him in summer league. I loved what I saw from him in preseason, and he just keeps making the case. It's it's going to be difficult. Some team's going to scoop him up. Um, Jason points out he's a classic G League guard. I think that's true. I do, but I also wouldn't hate seeing something. It's you know it's the same reason why we're talking about why some of us would like to see uh, Brown in the game, where it's just I want a different kind of frustration. I don't. I've seen Trey Burke. You know, so who knows though? Like they'll, 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 the Mavs will do what they do. Yeah, I agree. But I'm, I, yeah, I'm just excited to see where we go from here. I mean, it's, we're in a really wonky spot of momentum, <laughs> but, uh, it'd be really nice to carry something over from this. So go Mavs. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you coming up. Of course. All right. Um, got nobody else waiting. It's been fun. Short. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, all right. So schedule wise, I will post this, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, go check out Josh and I's recap. We actually talked for longer than we normally do. Um, had fun with that game. I mean, I, I really want to emphasize, um, just how well I was, how pleased I am with, with Porzingis's play. Uh, I'm so critical of him and I think justifiably so because again, he's a max contract player. 
Um, and I think a lot of people want to give him, you know, pat him on the head for, for, for good jobs, but he really, really has done a good job. And I'm, I'm pleased with that. Um, see here. Yeah. So Thursday, which is Thanksgiving here in the United States, I will, I'm going to post an old podcast to Josh and I's, um, if you want to hear us like drunk as hell and reveling about the Mavericks, um, selecting Luca. I like that show. It's just us being drunk and having a great time. Um, that'll be up on Thursday. I might do, depending on what happens, I might do one of these on Thanksgiving day. Um, and then post that on Friday. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, for those of you who are here in the United States, I hope you have a nice time with your families. Uh, for those of you who are confused as to why the, us, uh, Americans are eating everything we can and posting plates of food. It's a long story. I recommend you Google it. Uh, this has been Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball. Uh, this has been group therapy. You guys are the best. And we will talk to you in a couple of days. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.